Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Sometimes I think we as Floridians don't deserve all the stereotypes about us. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. I, I, I was in a thrift store the other day, uh, dropping off some stuff because you know you gotta holidays are over. That means it's time to clean out the basement for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, we don't even really have a real basement because it's because again, it's Florida. It's you, you can't have basements. Everything is wrong with here. You know. Um, but anyways, uh, I took a load of stuff down to donate and I'm in there and sure enough, every person in there, uh, in a wide variety of ages, all masked up, you know, Hmm. being responsible thrift shoppers. Oh, we like to see it. Always good. Yeah. Yeah. But then, Mm. but then (laughs) I went for a run down by the water. I was doing my jog as I do. Uh, and I pass by this lady who's walking a little crooked. Uh, but then I see it's because she has a macaw parrot on her shoulder. No freaking way. Are you serious? Just some, just some lady. Walk, not, she's not like entertaining kids. She's not like, you know, dressed up as a pirate. She's just some lady walking down, um... (laughs) That the waterfront of St. Petersburg with a with a red macaw with a scarlet macaw on her shoulder. Oh my god. We're gonna yeah. I need an illustration of that ASAP. I need some sort of <laughs> visual representation. That is incredible. Yeah. I think you encountered a pirate. I don't I don't think there's any other way it wasn't. In a way, in a way, we're all pirates here. I mean yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> they could be like a crypto pirate because you don't need to be. Oh wow! Yeah, what if she is? What if I she mean... is? She's she's on the high seas of the surfing the web. Surfing I, I the guess web. Don't there really you go. Surf, but crypto pirates do. Crypto pirates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we really do need to be, you know, stealing from these wealthy crypto people uh, mm. and uh, you know, bringing bringing that wealth elsewhere. For sure, you got to screenshot all the monkey NFTs and then mm-hmm, keep them for mm-hmm. yourself. What would you say is then the if if the if the the ocean in this case is the the world wide web you know right. this vast expanse of exploration of possibility and horror um, as it really is in our time you know you and I yeah. when we when we go on the uh, when we log on when we log in uh, <laughs> we are it's it's basically the equivalent of uh, you know going out to sea like it was in the olden days. You don't know what you're gonna find. You don't know if you're coming back. It's really the same thing. Uh, <laughs> what would you say then is the equivalent of a sea monster in this analogy? A virus, I guess, or like maybe, maybe I don't know. Well, huh. 
I guess a virus in a computer would also just be like the plague on a boat. So maybe that actually works too well. Maybe um, I, I just I think because like also the also pirates had real viruses to deal with. Well, know? that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I was like, that you one know. translates to literally, I feel like. Yeah, they all they, they all had syphilis and, and all that. Yeah, that's why every time I eat some sort of citrus fruit, I always make sure that I tell everybody in the room that they would use mm-hmm. these on pirate ships or any boat because they didn't want to get scurvy. And yeah. I learned that somewhere, and I never stopped saying it. So I apologize mm-hmm. to all those that's, out there. I say that. that too. That's why you have to. That's why you know uh, we, we, every every meal comes with a lime wedge. You know, mm-hmm. here in Florida because we're pirates. That's <laughs> yeah, why you gotta make sure you don't why, get scurvy. That's why when they when they serve you your margarita, you're like, right. this is this is for your health have a lime wedge yeah that's that's definitely why they do it it's not to go in your corona drink or anything Uh, (laughs) um but yeah i i I guess like well bots i feel like robots or porn bots could be like sirens Mm. in a way right and like because they kind of like come out of nowhere and call out to you i guess you know actually yeah they're luring you to your depth because you know they Mm. want you to uh join (laughs) join something and they need your credit card for some reason yeah exactly exactly Mm -hmm. i don't know about a sea monster though but i guess we'll have Mm -hmm. to just constantly keep definitely a siren though which is which is topical i guess for what we're about to cover as a topic here i think so yeah museum um because today we're in uh the cabinet of curiosities that we have here sort of uh an older you know, oak paneled room that we have mm-hmm. at the UCM. We've got lots of small, darkly lit cabinets, uh, you know, some cobwebs and stuff that we should maybe brush away. Yeah, uh, for sure. But, or or maybe leave them. I don't know. I don't know if that's part of the installation. But we have lots of curiosities from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all over the world and all of uh, the bizarre creatures that people have encountered uh, in the age of exploration. But over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be spending some time here at the museum talking about creatures of kind of mythology, but also seem to dip in and out of reality itself. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. going to be starting with the mermaids. That's right. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Such a... Is it... Is merfolk also an appropriate term to use when discussing any sort of underwater humanoid creature? Do you know the actual like bestiary? I'm going to assume definition in 2021 it's merfolks with an X. Oh, that's fun. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Inclusive. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, mermaid. If we wanna if we wanna be super hyper um literalist, uh mm-hmm. I guess mermaid implies young woman right right however i also feel like i feel like this is going to be one of those things that it it, depending on how seriously you take it it's like a peacock like technically a peacock is just the male it's pea fowl is the species oh i didn't know that that's interesting yeah yeah because the 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 females are pea hens um oh god that makes sense yeah oh man so I guess it, it it probably is how seriously you take your merfolk studies. Um, I, yeah, and, that's true. Uh, merfolk theory and um, mm. and yeah, I, I I would say merfolk is yeah. Let's let's say that merfolk is probably the more the broader term if we want to be talking about a uh, 
talking about this. This will be, you know, and I guess it also differentiates them from sea people, which we've covered uh, in a That is true. That is very, very di- true. Very different. We have slightly more evidence for the sea, p- yeah. the sea people <laughs> existing. That is, yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also that, like, they, you know, merfolk exist as all types of creatures in all different mm-hmm. types of cultures. It's very, like, we, we're we going to get into it as well, and maybe we'll uncover some sort of truth or untruth about, uh, yes. in this case, mermaids or merfolk. Mm-hmm. But it is this, like, there's definitely a common thread between a lot of cultures all over the world where there's some sort of fish, human um chimera i guess is probably the best way to put it or some yeah, sort of yeah. hybrid creature that exists yeah. underwater then we start to get into all the different representations of oh no it's a beautiful woman that calls out to you it's actually right, a right. bird it's actually a uh different types of people underwater there's actually you know binaries there it's very like oh, okay, there's yeah. knit and grid it's like everybody's got their own little take at on some, it which is kind of fun at some point we get to aquaman yeah Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Actually, can I like can I lead with something in that case? That because I was waiting Absolutely. for Atlantis to be yeah, brought t- up. Because take it away. I don't. I, 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 yeah. Get, start. Start us off. Where does it get all begin? It. And it, in, it begins in Atlantis. I'm assuming. Well, I mean, not <laughs> well. It, 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 it begins in ancient Greece, but I guess it okay. depends on what sort of canon we're following. Because, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, the oldest version comes from mm-hmm. like. Assyrian mythology where I'm blanking on the name okay. specifically for him but that's where we start to get this idea of the hybrid creature uh, to our knowledge by the way mm-hmm. a lot of this is pretty much up for debate because there's a million different versions of these and they're all yeah, relatively but, similar but, relatively different yeah. but also like a chimera is kind of the easiest creature for humans to make up and you'll exactly. see all over the world every culture has some kind of chimera and in the most basic sense, it's kind of like it's it's how you can try to describe something yeah. horrifying, something um, it's uh, uh, some something otherworldly with things from your from yeah. your own vantage point. I mean, for, for those that don't know, a chimera can mean a couple of different things. There is like sort of a when we say the chimera in Greek mythology, there is when you say the chimera, mm-hmm. that one is identified as like a a snake a dragon a goat and a lion but more broadly a chimera is any uh creature made up of other creatures um there are biological chimeras when um an organism is uh is is possibly like made up of two individuals kind of fused together uh a chimera is also actually a type of cartilaginous fish, uh, oh. not too distantly related from modern sharks. So huh. chimera can mean a couple of different things. It can be a little confusing, but in this sense, we're, we just mean it to say two uh, unrelated creatures just kind of spliced together in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. human imagination. Yeah, and I think that's going to be a an important term and consistent theme and motif brought up throughout these tours that we're going to be doing on the different creatures, Mm -hmm. because I think they're all connected in some way to that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a good, I think it's a good way to describe 
this as well because it is it is a chimera in a sense it is this it's this half fish half person it's a real man bear pig if you will kind of a situation mm. um, yes but the so yeah it's first mentioned in assyria the, in terms of oldest but it is all over the world and we'll get to some of those examples after because i mm-hmm. think it's fun to start with um of course yeah greek mythology because that's really where we get the main term of the siren as i brought up for mm-hmm. surfing the web um because the sirens are there's multiple versions of them, which I think is kind of fun because there is uh-huh. nobody really figured it out. Like everybody kind of <laughs> kept changing it, which I think is cool. So they right, went from right. being the like really beautiful, you know, nymph women that were mm-hmm. said to be offspring of like I think one of the sea gods, which I think their name is Four Seas, but I'm not entirely sure. As well as the nine muses, one of the nine muses, and that's where their like lyrical prowess and beauty comes in. And you know, it's it's very much the like, um, like rococo type paintings of, of yeah of this very, time. you know that's what you would kind of uh sexual mischievous yes. alluring yeah exactly and then later there starts to be a change to this and one of the stories goes that the sirens end up getting their bird-like halves or wings if you will too because there there is you know they start off as these really you know beautiful seductive women trope types that we Mm -hmm. see and then it goes into the monstrous creatures who have mimicking voices and that comes from my kind of (laughs) lady yes uh that that comes from um the one of the stories that deals with when persephone is taken by hades to the underworld and Mm -hmm. the sirens were punished by demeter i'm pretty sure because they did not look out for her like they didn't stop it mm-hmm. so they gave him serpent they turned him into serpent like bird creatures so they could fly about and actually keep searching for um persephone to bring her back and so also that's mm-hmm. where you get some of the song re- the lyrical representations as well as the way the songs go where it's very enchanting and you know beautiful and alluring as we'll see when we talk about odysseus but mm-hmm. it's also melon it's it's mentioned to be melancholic and sad because they are calling out to um you know to her to return right that's one of the in 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 um versions that I've heard, but this also then leads to like what we will see in popular culture like even in like the Witcher Three or Witcher series video games, which is more Eastern European, but it mm-hmm. does take a lot of inspiration from different creatures all over. And their version of Sirens is my favorite because it's just crazy. They're like <laughs> flying serpents with like human heads and hair and it's just terrifying, but accurate, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they can literally just like fly over the ships and pick people up and leave. And that's a kind of a, a, a chimera, if you will, of, yeah. of this version. Um, but I think one of the most famous... Ver- like the most famous incantations of this or where we see a siren pop up is of course the odyssey when odysseus and his crew are sailing by you know some of the islands because as we know it's the mediterranean aegean seas there's lots yeah. of islands everywhere and one of these islands have sirens on them but because of course they do mm-hmm. and so what i think is kind of interesting though is odysseus orders his crew to put wax in their ears in order to yeah. hide from the or to not hear the siren song but yeah. I kind of I think it's fascinating that it's they already know, like yeah. they they read the text, they're, they they're, read the they're comics. They're seasoned, they're seasoned Mediterranean sailors, and 
Yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, they know what's, uh, they, they know about this. It's a pre-existing exactly. kind of mythology, which is, which is interesting because it, it plays into this idea of, um, you know, this, this larger shale, shared mythology among yeah. those Mediterranean cultures that, you know, regardless kind of, of what the sirens, uh, might kind of mean or, or might might what they might be mm-hmm, there is mm-hmm. like this idea of a concept of something that calls to you that seems appealing yeah uh, that is actually going to bring about your doom well it's interesting too because they don't like because they don't also just show up in greece like they're mm-hmm. or western mythology or the world right because like mm-hmm. that's where we get the sort of the the merfolk you know the new, yeah. new england mermaids and stuff and all these different versions mm-hmm. but like one thing i was really curious about is like do these exist in other places around the world and can that help us in yeah. understanding why we are so interested as human beings in these type of creatures why are we mm-hmm. fascinated with something that lurks beneath the surface but that is just human enough just uncanny enough that we recognize it right mm-hmm. like that it's accepted mm-hmm. as something to be scared of but something that's also really alluring and and um, yeah. seductive and so like for example they show up in japan as ningyo which were um part um uh, human part fish part you know literally like where mm-hmm. it's part, you know, basically a mermaid, and then okay, but yeah. they would also technically be classified as yokai, which I think is interesting, which mm. is just a type of like demon spirit uh, entity, yeah, okay. so to speak. In China, they come up as the Jioran or shark people, which is super dope uh, mm-hmm, to think about mm-hmm. and also terrifying. But I, I yeah. like to think it's like from Pirates of the Caribbean when they all have the different like in Pirates of the Caribbean do <laughs> Dead Man's Chest, um, where they all have like the different sea creatures on them. That could be fun. That's what I think yeah. when I think of Merfolk. Exactly. Um, but then they, this is where I was, I was making a reference to Atlantis because this is immediately mm-hmm. what I thought of, which in Korea, there's a story of the princess Hwang Ok from the mythical undersea kingdom of Naranda, which mm-hmm. that sounds a little bit like Atlantis or the Little Mermaid, which I think is kind of fun because it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, there's a completely different version of this somewhere else in a different sea. Um, mm-hmm. And then in Russian and Eastern Europe, we get Rusalakas, which are said to be, they're basically restless spirits of the dead, and they're usually young women who've died from either violent deaths or suicide, but all through some sort of drowning. I think curses are really big in their mythology, so it seems to mm-hmm. be something like that where it's an entity the creature formed out of a curse that used to be human that then haunts a body of water uh-huh, that they were killed uh-huh. in. So, but they also are described as being de- desirable, but treacherous because they're mm. like basically, you know, women hanging out in a body of water with pale green skin um, mm-hmm. and are, I guess, good and bad. But then also in Zimbabwe and Africa, there's mention mm-hmm. of the, um, the Nutsu, which is a mm-hmm. water spirit that inhabits one body of water and can either be benevolent or aggressive. And so sometimes they choose to lure people to their deaths by drowning in said body of water. But that's some, it's a creature that is specifically hanging out in one spot, not roaming the mm-hmm. open water. Mm-hmm. So I think like with all of these from pretty much all over, it's, it's really interesting in how, how different but how similar they all are. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting that it seems not always, but it seems like more often than not, it's a very feminine energy, a cursed, a cursed feminine energy yeah. to them. 
Yeah, I will say that for the for Japan's, they classified them as, I, I guess, non-binary is probably the best way to put it. They don't because mm-hmm. it doesn't. There's not necessarily have to be a gender. There used to be, and now there's not, which I think is interesting. Um, but for the rest, yeah, it's usually mostly women, which I think is interesting. And there's something. Mm-hmm. It's very dark in a way too. Yeah, which it's. I think we probably should mention as well because there's something. Mm-hmm. There's oh, yeah, something because because the, the idea is like with a lot of those kind of old world mermaids. I think, I think with sailors always having you know stories of malevolent sea creatures, it's not really until the Romantic era, post Little Mermaid, post Hans Christian Andersen, you know mm. where. We want fairy tales that are a little more benevolent. Uh, yeah, and I I can kind of see that where you have not not in the case in all cultures, but mostly men going out to sea, uh, and 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 having stories like that, um, and and having some sort of uh desire. Mm. Uh, of some of something comforting uh you know and and having sort of like a um a, a subversive or uh corrupted kind of uh, uh of of thing that seems inviting you know i i think yeah. that's a lot of having to travel it's a lot of even just the concept of any time you have to do something difficult the thing that appears to be beckoning you is actually the the thing that will lead to your downfall i think the easy way to go about something the the path of least resistance Mm. in this case is this creature that's trying to lure you under the water and eat you you know Mm, or make your ship crash on the rocks like all of that mythology and stuff it plays into sort of an idea that's like be on your toes you know watch out the thing you know i i mean it's not um it's not entirely divorced from our contemporary idea of something that sounds too good to be true probably is i mean yeah it's a good way to put it and also like i think like the call of the void i feel like is there yeah. as well like this mm-hmm. you know like the the you you if you don't pay attention then yeah. something bad can happen, especially if mm-hmm. you're literally in darkness sailing on a moving body of water and you don't yeah. know where you are and you hear yeah. something. And, and I think there is like elements here of just what was passed down and heard in the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. or the seas, maybe yeah. some people around, maybe not. And just like, you know what do you hear what is it is there right. something that was heard because we don't we don't know but probably is it is it that it, it would, i don't know but it, you know it, it I mean? is it is fun to ask but we also are dealing with a mm-hmm. sailors groups of people it is literally part it is canon <laughs> it is canon in the lore that sailors right. and fishermen people that that spend a lot of time on the water just tend to make shit up yeah, because um, what else are you supposed to do? You're just looking at water all the time. Of course, they have their own fan fictions going on, so it's yeah. got to be something. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think both you and I can mm-hmm. maybe rule out merfolk as being something of a of a reality that we experience. I don't think, or the, can we? Or can, ooh, or, or or are we going to find the truth about mer about <laughs> mer people? Um, 
because because mm-hmm. this this I don't know if this bridges us into sort of these next parts that we wanted to talk about, but it is a bit like I find the the what if the call of the void element there, the sort mm-hmm. of metaphorical versions that the mythology brings really fascinating like everything mm-hmm. as we're going to probably talk about on these on these tours I, I like to keep an open mind i think we both yeah. do and i think there's mm-hmm. an element of something being very fun but i also mm-hmm. do think with some sort of clarity to situations and non-objective thinking um mm-hmm. we can clear up some of the stuff that just pre- that prevents us from going deeper into these right. things right because to just 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 be like well all like merfolk and all of these sea creatures they all existed because someone wrote it down it's like okay that's a really basic way to go about this that's that's Mm. limiting so many possibilities whereas if we sure let's accept that but let's go forward and investigate it and then go deeper into that what else could we find in the ocean what else could we discover about our world that we never knew and that's more exciting i find and that goes with that goes with dragons that goes with giants that goes with anything we'll potentially be talking about but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in talking about well yeah yeah, i mean as as we found out you can just write anything down you can write down the fountainhead you can write down (laughs) dianetics I mean, you you could quite literally write down, you know, the word of God and then not let anybody see it and then just claim it's true. So, but it's on golden plates. Allegedly. We're not here to slander them. No, I don't want to slander them more. I'm sorry. I'm maybe I'm not. Maybe only a little sorry. Um, (laughs) Jesus. I'm going to get alienated by the Mormon fan base. Mm. I, I, you know what? (laughs) I, I think they're, they're, they're understanding enough people. That's fair. So, but, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm willing to, like, like a lot of things, I'm willing to entertain sort of the fun esoteric thought that surrounds mermaids, uh, and, and what they could potentially mean as a concept. I mean, I think a lot, like a, like a lot of monsters, like the, like the Leviathan and stuff, like it does not literally need to be a Leviathan. Uh I think this is a more interesting angle, maybe of talking about what the, what the mermaid can mean in terms of uh, what 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 type of audience are people playing to when they talk about um, people that that can live this amphibious life that can be um, that could potentially pass as human in one moment but are really of the wild and I think this is where the con the conceptual. Mm. element of chimeras is extremely interesting to uh ancient literature and mythology because you have um combining two recognizable things and making a more complicated thing this is this is you're seeing people make complex thought represented by um a complication of nature you know Mm. the the perceived duality that there was um, and still is to some extent between humans and other forms of life and nature, especially in Western thought, kind of has to be represented uh, by this, uh, you know, the, the half half animal, half uh, human creatures and figures, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think that I think that's also like part of the the the, the sublime popularity Mm, of mermaids you know that's very true the danger of the sea with the uh the seduction of uh of of a young 
of a young person of a of a it's the uh you know that that's uh, you see people uh anthropomorphize the ocean and ships and all of these things as women you know and and again you can just write it off as because patriarchy uh mm. but you can also look at this as sort sort of like almost um I, I want to word this very carefully, but like sort of the idea that in in j- just just put quotes air quotes or, or a little asterisk next to everything I'm about to say, because I understand it's not it is a very simplified way of looking at the world that I feel like it is a way that people perceived things for a long time, both men and women mm-hmm. was like there's the idea of like a very masculine upfront type of power. And then there was sort of an idea of a more feminine power that, you know, you play your cards closer to your chest. The idea that women are Mm. the ones that uh, manipulate that, uh, that are better at psychology than men. Like, Mm. I feel like you're seeing something like that play out with, with the concept of a mermaid, the idea that, um, because like you know, obviously the mermaids can't get you when you're on land. They can't get <laughs> you when you're on the ship. They, there, there's an understanding of we have to pull a trick first before we can get you. That's to me sounds like a very classical idea, capital C classical idea, right? Of, Right. Feminine power versus masculine power, the type that's more subversive, the type that, you know, I think even to some extent, certain branches of feminism recognize as, you know, women are doing the heavy lifting for so much of history, perpetuating culture, uh, that it is like, it's almost like they're trying to steer the stupidity of men you know, like mm. that 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 men are men are the are strong, blunt, and straightforward. And what's what's scarier? Someone that's controlling you without sort of being upfront with their power. I think, I think it, it, this is a long way of saying. You know, this is this is why you know mermaids are just such uh, simp worthy uh, uh, mythical creatures. They've always got to be <laughs> sexy and conniving. I mean, you're not wrong. That's the thing. I but this is this is a very interesting analysis though. I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it makes sense in in, mm-hmm. in some ways. I, I also like to add to that in the sort of I think ways of thinking then and maybe some mm-hmm. now. I wonder if there's a comfort element there. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. And like bear with me on hmm. this, but like okay. kind of like that idea of a comfort of of women, of someone more loving than I think hardened men and masculine energy is going to be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because I think writing things off as like, oh, patriarchy is a little too easy in many mm-hmm. of these cases. Because like, yes, but like, let's dive into it again. Let's yeah, not just yeah. say mermaids exist and go on. Let's actually dissect that mm-hmm. and, and look into it. But I wonder mm-hmm. if like it's sort of that wanting of an accompany or a desire that you can't have but you do want. I mean, again, I think this goes from being innocent to dark very quickly because right. it, it could also just be people who are like, 
you know, really horny. Or it could also be people that are also mm-hmm. just like really lonely. So it's sort right, of like, right. where does that, where's, <laughs> what's the, what's the, uh, the Venn diagram there? <laughs> well, no, a mermaid is literally in the middle of the Venn diagram of a fish and a human. <laughs> yeah that's that is fair and Mm -hmm. uh, it's but like i don't know like i think it is fascinating why i guess like if you you get into the psychology of it like you're saying the ways that we think of it how it has affected it how it affects Mm -hmm. the mythology i'm kind of losing what i'm trying to say with this because i'm not entirely sure as i wrap my mind around it but it is like Mm I, I don't know. I th- I just I'm very it, it does it does it does speak to loneliness. I think to your mm-hmm. point, what you're kind of trying to get at is the whole trap, the trappings yeah. of a mermaid yeah. is that our loneliness and our desire for company, whether that be sexual or just, you know, just to, to, to be around something comforting. Uh-huh. I think that is that is a vulnerability that we mm. have that no matter how strong you are you are not immune entirely to loneliness um or or the desire for comfort and i think that is what is scary about the concept of merfolk in this sense when they are right, malevolent right. creatures um is that they are they are going after uh, a threat that is psychological. I think kind of like mm. what we've talked about earlier with vampires. It's not yeah. that it's a big, scary monster that you can recognize. It's something that is preying on um, a, a a human want and need to uh, to to be comfortable, to be around, uh, to be to be around someone uh, that will. Uh, uh, satisfy you or just <laughs> you know just it just isn't work you know right that's uh that that's the thing i think you're you're, you're getting at there yeah i think you put it much more eloquently than i could in this sense but it, <laughs> it, it is psychological in this in this way in 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 preying in the more aggressive versions i mm-hmm. think makes a lot of sense yeah. It is. It, I was thinking of vampires as well, and more specifically, I think because of the rules. Remember, we talked about uh, a lot of the right. rules do, that do, you had to do. I mean, other than the Little Mermaid, which is happening thousands of years after <laughs> um, <laughs> the Odyssey, right? That's when you Hans Christian Andersen inserts, you know, the rules about the Little Mermaid, like that she is, you know, each step is like she's walking on a knife or on glass or something, you know, it's painful for her to be on land. She has the rules. She must fall in love or then she turns into sea foam, which I think she does at the end um, of the original story. Cause I think the original story, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a Hans Christian Andersen (laughs) scholar, but Uh from, contemporary looks at it have been possibly you know sort of the story of um more of a story of maybe hans christian anderson having a a a gay or bisexual desire uh just just a desire for another man and cannot be with him because of the 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 societal pressure um 
and just sort of resolving to let it go and to live in your own pain because it's better than disrupting uh it's quote unquote better than disrupting the norms hmm. um and i don't know if that's an entire revision or if that is like an actual valid read i honestly do not know enough about the original i i right and i i have not read it on and to be totally honest um but in the non-disney-fied version it is a darker story as as are a lot of stories yeah um, but that's that that is an extremely interesting more modern uh kind of mm. way to look at something to you know, you're feeling Hans Christian Andersen reinterpret for the Romantic era um, that same concept, that same desire to not be lonely. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately the pain of it. So just because the mermaid is no longer trying to eat the... <laughs> eat the human... Um, right. It's, it's totally turned it on its head. It's wanting to be a part of a world that you are uh that you are not mm. yeah. yeah that's interesting analysis yeah speaking I, of people who were in places that they weren't supposed to be christopher columbus yeah that's a heck of a segue but you're not wrong it's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> well because he 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 there's there's mentions of mermaids brought up with him and uh, amongst everything else because he's mm -hmm. horrible as we've i think mentioned today many, many today times. we mostly remember uh columbus for his expertise on mermaids yes uh well i guess no i don't know no, i don't no. think so i think that maybe the genocide first there's an and, mm -hmm. and murder okay okay but known like for <laughs> known for other work um mermaid <laughs> expert christopher columbus oh um <laughs> that's like a history channel tag right there <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah no it's like it's like when um uh <laughs> it's like uh people that are like really into quoting the unabomber <laughs> right local expert um, yes known for other work hi there my name is colby white and i'm one of the hosts from force football facts a podcast where my friend zachary and i force our other friend tyrell to give us insights into the game even though he doesn't know anything about it we use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. In uh, 1493, on January 9th, uh, so actually... Uh, we're right on it, right on yeah, the anniversary actually. of this. Uh, <laughs> talking wow. about this now, this is really cutting really, edge yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're timing. So, this wait, how many years will that have been? 1493 um, uh, to 2021. That means it has been right on the cutting edge here, 529 years later, mm. uh, as of tomorrow. Uh, Christopher Columbus uh, spotted three mermaids while uh, sailing off the coast of the Dominican, Re what is now the Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, huh. yeah. This uh, this has been in popular culture recently. Um, I yes. will read the uh, translated excerpt 
of his diary that this is supposedly from. I've been having a hard time finding a direct primary source to this, but I guess even if it was, it would be in medieval uh, Spanish or Italian. Mm, right. Yes, anyways. Um, so this is what uh, Columbus wrote. The day before, when the admiral was going to the Rio del Oro, he said that he saw three mermaids who came quite high out of the water, but they were not as pretty as they are depicted. For somehow, in the face, they look like men. He said that they saw some in Guinea off the coast of Manaqueta, from the diary of Christopher Columbus. I think you were going Irish there for a second. <laughs> yep, yep. I told you, everything no, it's, goes it's... JFK eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's always on trend but that is the yeah. that is a, i think i think he would have sounded like that personally. yes exactly exactly like exactly that. like um, it um but so th- this has kind of been uh paraphrased quite a lot that uh columbus says he saw a mermaid and they're not as pretty as the people say um m- more what what has been pretty much agreed on now is that he is describing uh a manatee right yeah i remember hearing about that um Mm -hmm. which like makes sense i guess Mm -hmm. if you only have like if you've never seen something but i i wonder if it's that thing where you know like where you do describe creatures you've never seen as like something else in popular culture at the time or mythology that would like be recognizable because i know with like i've heard the thing with like the manatees they look like because they have the the um fins in the back and then the way they Mm -hmm. like positioned from under it looks like they're like knees which is weird um, that's uh belugas is, kind bl- of have is it that. oh maybe i'm mis- yeah i'm not manatees, I'm not a, I'm not manatees are very round manatees I was, are yeah manatees are the most uh just i i've swum with manatees before oh and they are impossibly round like <laughs> they're rotund they're, i presume units yeah no there's like there's no suggestion in them really of any anatomy going on oh. other like that that is what's so fascinating about them i think to to look at to to look at them from that perspective Hmm. um the i i think the thing that people don't realize about them is that uh i i feel like i see their people think that their tails are their feet but it really is just it is literally just a round piece of flesh their back legs are like completely um like absorbed into their body i think it's just a couple of like vestigial bones oh yeah no they are just the little they're little cute little flippers up front they've got their (laughs) their front legs and then it is just it is all tail it is all back and tail is it true that they are like just really chill yeah no they're very very calm very friendly curious animals they don't have natural predators um so they're you know you can go right up to them they're not really programmed to be afraid of much of anything Hmm. so you know this is part of the problem of you know why boats hit them a lot uh you know they just kind of come to the surface and chill and then you can't really see them there a lot of manatees even living ones that you can swim with you do see that they all have scars on their backs from boats. Like Jesus. it is, it is extremely common. 
Um, but you know, they're, they're big animals. Their closest living relatives are elephants. Weirdly enough. That's whack. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've got that, that really funny upper lip and stuff, but they are collective. The group of animals they belong to are collectively known as sirens. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I think a lot of it, it has been kind of a part of contemporary biology to at the very least wink, if not fully acknowledge that this is maybe not the basis for the mermaid myth, but there is you know, some idea that when people came to the new world, when, when Europeans came to the new world, I should say that the conquistadors and the, uh, the, the Spanish just sort of interpreted these as like the ugly, hideous, uh, reality of mermaids. I don't, Mm. I know people talk about Columbus tried to fuck one. I don't know about the validity of that. It is kind of fun. I think, though, we have more evidence that Columbus fucked a llama. Oh. Yeah, that that's how he brought it back to the old world. Because syphilis had not been, seemed to not be present in, we've never found it in humans pre-Columbus, except like in some llamas, I guess. But I'm sure that's way more complicated. I'm sure like, just for whatever reason, we don't have the remnants of that. But it's it's a little funnier to just say, it, you know, Columbus was a llama fucker. I mean, it is funny. I, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. I, I know. Yeah, I know it's been like I've heard disputes on it. I'm not entirely yeah. sure what's true, Um, but I know yeah. it's it's been pulled into question because it's it's something where people kind of run with it. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Well, yeah, um, we don't but... want to besmirch the name of Christopher Columbus. Uh, I think that's fine. That's not really the problem here. <laughs> yeah, no, we can say a lot of things about Columbus, but you know, hey, at least not that that one thing, not that one time. Um, <laughs> you know, man did terrible, terrible things, but it I Yeah, I'm not a Columbus defender. I don't think yeah. either one of us are in this case. <laughs> so I We don't need to linger on it for too long. No, but I think we can this move is, on. This is a, a thing where we're seeing um the early association of the Caribbean and Florida, especially with mermaids. Um, yes. This is from, in part, at least from those original uh, Spanish uh, colonizers. Mm. Um, so what we're, uh, w- when we do see those, the, the colonists and stuff that eventually do pop up, it is sort of part of Florida legend and lore that there are mermaids and whether or not you think they're manatees or not. It's still a part of the sailing culture and tradition that, you know, existed, you know, until pretty recently, uh, in Florida. Um, hmm. but you know, going on for hundreds of years. So, by the time you get to, say, uh, the 20th century, it is just sort of a, an established part of Florida history and uh, the, the the look of the state. Right. So uh, are you familiar with Wikiwachi? I don't think I am, actually. Okay. Well, Wikiwachi is about as Florida core as you could get. Oh, God. Um. It is a, uh, this is actually uh, right around where my girlfriend Allison grew up. Um, But this is uh, kind of, this is uh, north of Tampa, kind of a little more inland uh, near a spring and stuff. This is 
away from the water, uh, from the from the Gulf, away from the big cities and stuff, you know, miles and miles from anything big. But Wikiwachi in 2014 got 308,000 visitors. Whoa. Yes. Um, now, I bet you're wondering what would people be driving to some small town uh, in the, you know, kind of in the middle of nowhere in Florida. <laughs> Why are they going to Wikiwachi? And the answer is mermaids. Obviously. Of course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Naturally, that's the that mm-hmm. would be why. Oh man, but, now I'm really curious. So um I should start. Uh in nineteen forty seven there was a guy mm. named Navy Man Newton Perry. He finds basically this uh this one kind of uh area of water. Uh it's got pretty clear water. Uh, So he goes into it and he clears out all of the garbage that's been dumped in there, old refrigerators and cars and stuff, then puts a basically a uh, a stage that is six feet underwater that you can dig. He dug down six feet and then later 16 feet um, so that you can basically look into the side of the uh, into the side of the river from. Uh, the seating area and since 1947 and this uh this was even purchased by abc in 1959 uh wikiwachi has mermaid shows where women perform uh acrobatics and stuff underwater dressed as mermaids oh like with those tails and stuff that you see yeah okay that makes sense interesting Mm -hmm. yeah the crazy thing is, is this is actually an incredible feat of human ability. Like, these professional mermaids have to be able to free dive. Uh, most of them are able to hold their breath for upwards of four minutes. Oh my god, jeez. Yeah, they have to endure 30-minute performances. They report that the alligators do not bother them. However, they do have to bat away uh, turtles that might get too curious and come close. Um, oh. And also water moccasins, if you don't oh. know. A, a type of venomous <laughs> snake that Jesus. lives in Florida. Yes. Yeah. This is insane, but really cool, huh? Yeah, but it's actually, it's so incredible that they're able to do these performances. Like, yeah. these are uh, Olympian-level uh, uh, feats we're talking about. Oh, yeah. And they don't, their feet are covered <laughs> by fins. These are Olympian-level fins. <laughs> the suits are, all have to be custom-made, uh, some people spend as much as $5,000 on a suit for professional mermaids. And in the last few years, I think you do see, um, you've seen more of this in the social media world because it's kind of, um, I think in the last couple decades as it's gotten out on social media and stuff, uh, this has become, you are seeing people like actually try and do this elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but this is all like really it's it's viewed as this very camp kitsch old Florida thing. Like this is That's one of so the vestiges of uh old old tiny Florida tourism. Can I well okay, so did mm-hmm. this start here? Is that where we first see these like mermaid performances because I've seen something like it in 
like a renaissance fair in like PA and stuff where they mm. have like a tank and it's like, go take a picture with a mermaid. And it's just like a woman in a suit, like right. underwater. And it's for like the kids and, you know, they like yeah. it. But I think this, I don't know if this was the very first time on uh, the, because I, I had gone to see it when I was little. Uh, I don't remember a ton of it. I mean, I remember watching them perform and it was incredible, but um, I don't know if this was the very first thing, but I think this was like the, at least the first time it was very successful. Okay. Um, I gotcha. I mean, cause also this, um, they're, they're not scuba diving is the crazy thing. To stay right. underwater that long, they're swimming with hoses um, oh. that, they, that they carry with them. Okay. Yeah. So that, so, like, propels them? No, it doesn't propel them. They have to kick. They have to swim, you know, with their, with their legs wrapped up in their mermaid costume. But basically, they're swimming, and one of their hands is, uh, when, when, when they need a breath, they have to reach out oh. and grab a hose, take a breath, from the That's hose and crazy. then keep swimming Jesus. you know this is absolutely insane and actually kind of dangerous but you know some of the people that do this are like former sea world trainers some of them are mm. like former professionals uh like athletes um wow it is you know it is a real job to be a professional mermaid um That's really fascinating i didn't know that yeah, no, this is incredible, incredible free diving. You know, no apparatus, no scuba, no snorkel. They're just doing it. Um Whoa. and you know, the you're you're doing it in a Florida spring in Florida spring water. It's very clear water. Um and it it's pretty it, it's it's interesting uh that like people have kind of tried to take it elsewhere, but a lot of other places don't want it because it's so dangerous. Yeah. You know, Florida, you know, has I guess the most dangerous part of it is the water moccasins. But when people try to do this elsewhere, they run into issues where these tails that they wrap their legs up in are kind of dangerous. If you think about it, if something bad happens to you underwater, your instinct is to just start kicking. Right. And and to, you know, start get yourself uh, towards the surface. And. If your legs are bound up in the mermaid costume, you have to have at least the presence of mind to start doing dolphin kicks. Mm, um, you know, sense. which means you need a certain level of of training in the water. I mean, uh, it's a uh, it it takes a little bit more coordination um, for sure to, to yeah. swim with this thing on. So, um, and, and you know, there's. The, these professional mermaids they apparently get like a lot of fan mail and stuff too it's uh oh. or th at least when this article was written a few years ago like this was uh this was a big thing you know it was a lot to be a we'll see in the post-covid times right. i'm also a little concerned to go back now because i i was I, I was getting uh some of the specifics from an article from the guardian mm -hmm. um and uh one of the things that now, I don't know if they added this after I saw this as a child, but apparently the show does end with the mermaids coming to the surface with an American flag and uh, that says, uh, proud to be an American. Uh, Wait, and they what? they have, like, suits with... They come out in swimsuit, in one-piece swimsuits with stars on them. Okay, wow. This went from fun, mythical, like, fantasy yeah. roleplay to, like propaganda 
Wow, that's fast. Yeah, okay. it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I mean, it could be It's a lot of weird. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, no, there's some very nationalist ma- mermaids in Florida. You yeah, I did. Also, it's kind of <laughs> not to be this person, but don't you think that if if we're if we're playing into the illusion that these are real mermaids for the kids, of course, mm-hmm, or for uh-huh. the fans out there, um, yeah, would do you think they would not be friends with? the coast specifically of the u.s because i'm sure the coast guard wouldn't be too keen on letting them just do their thing if they were real (laughs) humor me humor me with this Uh uh-huh uh-huh i mean i of all the branches of the military i maybe know the least about the coast guard um (laughs) all i know is i think l ron hubbard was in the coast guard i think he actually yeah i think he was or the navy either same thing it's not. Yeah. It's not the same thing. He was. He was off the coast of California. He was not in. He was guarding the coast. He was, he was <laughs> not in proper World War Two. Ah, yes, we all remember all of the horrors that happened in California For, yeah. in World War Two. Um. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I, I guess aside from the the internment of Japanese Americans. Um, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah nothing fun about that one no uh anyways but yeah so it gets very kitsch it gets very right you have to be ready for like small town america stuff um yeah but it it is apparently a big enough draw that it does have an international audience i mean this is a big enough deal again i can't speak if this is the first time anybody did this but it does seem like it's it's famous enough that it draws uh it draws in all of those people. Mm. I mean, it's probably um, good for the town, I imagine. Like, anybody yeah. living there for, like, their moneymaker. I, I, it's always oh, yeah. a weird relationship with tourism mm-hmm. in that way, I feel like. It's kind of yeah. the whole Florence problem, where it's like, mm-hmm. you, you live in a city where tourism is people's income, but you don't yeah. like the tourists, and, and I imagine. you can start to feel like you live only for the benefit of somebody else. I mean, that's... that's for a, sure, yeah. It's a, it's a... It's a, it's kind of a... It's a terrible feeling, I imagine. And I mean, living in Florida, you know, I've never lived on Clearwater Beach. But like when I do drive through there, you you can't imagine living there. Yeah, because uh, you're just like. Yeah, you're it's it's a totally it's that totally weird experience of. Everything just kind of feels fake because it's only for the people who are going to be there for a weekend you know yeah that is such an odd it's very odd i mean i know we're we're i don't want to go too far off track from yeah. like mermaids specifically or merfolk as we've been discussing yeah but imagine I think... if your hometown's entire economy was built on mermaids that is kind of crazy though like i mean i guess there's been you know other stuff done on weirder things for sure in america yeah I mean, that's kind of the I'm whole sure thing there, there's probably plenty of northwestern towns uh that are built on bigfoot yeah um, or or like paul bunyan i feel like some uh, i mean West look things. look at point pleasant west virginia they are still milking uh you know mothman that is very by true, the way do yeah. not google milking mothman <laughs> oh no oh god <laughs> jesus um, anyways uh look out for my band mothman's album uh milking mothman coming to you soon please call um, it that please call it that <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, but th- but all of this aside, um, we can look at other times that mermaids were used for this kind of camp 
kitsch, whatever entertainment, um, you know, for a, a, a kind of different audience, uh, P.T. Barnum in 1822 acquired, uh, supposedly the body of a mermaid and put it on display in kind of his, uh, cabinet of curiosities, uh, museum type of way. Hmm. Um, he said that he purchased it from some Japanese sailors that same year. Uh, could not get a naturalist to verify that it was real. Of course not, no. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine why, because <laughs> it also... more It did mysteriously vanish, possibly in a fire. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we don't have that body. However, from the drawings we have of it and from the accounts of it, even though it was incredibly popular... It does seem like it was the torso of a monkey sewn to the bottom half of a fish. Right. Yeah. Mm, that's so th- this is a this is kind of a famous mermaid hoax because this was common enough practice that people would kind of just get these parts of animals. And if you think about it, it kind of does play into even the idea of the time of like, look, we finally discovered this mythological creature. Isn't it so grotesque looking? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's this was, huh. th- this isn't even the only historical instance we have of this practice of, uh, forging a mermaid, you know, basically sewing a monkey to a fish. This right. seems like it happened often and not often enough. Um, a lot of times, uh, sailors would catch skates and rays and kind of twist them and cut oh. them up, uh, dry them in the sun, would sell them as souvenirs, uh, saying that those were mermaids. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, skates and skates look very weird. And, you know, if you've never seen yeah, them before, true. you know, you don't know what this, this fish with kind of feet looks like. Um, yeah not wrong that's yeah i mean i you can do a lot with uh stingrays you know my uh my stepdad would uh buy scallops at the store and then we'd eat them and i'd always say that i mine had bones in them and i really didn't like them Uh uh-huh and he's like scallops don't have bones what are you talking about and then i had a real scallop later in life and i was like this is delicious what the hell was i eating (laughs) did you ever find out Yes, it turns out it's not uh, unheard of in Florida for uh, unscrupulous uh, fishmongers to catch stingrays and skates, punch holes in them, uh, and sell that meat as scallops. Oh, that's... Oh my god, okay. Yeah. Uh, yikes, and that's where what we were buying, eating, apparently. Where was he buying the fish from? Just like they just I sell don't it know. Store. It's not even like he went to like some weird, you know... <laughs> Oh shack on the side of the road it's like jesus i don't know for all i know he was getting them at Publix. <laughs> wow that's you know what i'm sorry that's on him for not ch- if, if somebody says hey it feels like i'm chewing on bones and you're like scallops don't have bones it says it here on wikipedia it's like <laughs> <laughs> you should probably check whatever you're eating um but it oh gosh anyways i mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I'm also forgetting that this is like this is the 1800s, correct? Like in terms of when this is starting to the souvenir part of this is happening. The yeah, the yeah, the trap. P. T. Barnum cabinet. Right. Well, this, cabinet this of is, curiosities, right? As we yeah, or the 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 modernization of cabinets of curiosities that would um, 
become the contemporary natural history museum because right wunderkommen cabinets of curiosities mm. had existed for centuries before dutch sailors would go all over the world find weird curiosities bring them back home and you know it was partially a prestige thing a quasi-religious thing for them um but it was a it was a mark of success to have a collection mm. of all the bizarre things that were out there in the world yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it goes from being this kind of like, I I know it's not like this, but sometimes with these like, you know, the Wunderkommen, the, the Cabinets of Curiosities, like the older, older ones, I kind of think of it like a wizard's like room, mm. you know, like a magician's lair where they kind of have like all kinds of random yeah. stuff and books and things. Whereas like mm -hmm. now in the 1800s and this like P.T. Barnum era, era of, um, you could of, call it uh, error. It is an error in the a P way. The P.T. Barnum error. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the last a, showman was a mistake. Or sorry, the greatest showman, not the last showman. <laughs> the greatest showman was the last showman. Oh, it's Thank perfect. God. That is not oh, great. Oh God. Uh, -huh. uh, but but yeah, like you know, it, it it very much feels like that capitalist. You know, we're going to mm -hmm. sell you the idea of something, and we're gonna make it cheap and weird and it's all gonna be a lie and like it's it's i feel like there has to be a connection that's exactly here to... what i thought when i realized those weren't real scallops it's a lie <laughs> it's a lie fisher a lie mm -hmm. um but like but even like isn't this around the same time we start seeing a lot of cults pop up and a lot of like external religions and just like different things the occult especially like stuff that's yeah, just like yeah. i mean th this that's um that's about contemporaneous with kind of the the american great awakening and all of that stuff i mean if this is the early 1800s america as a country hasn't been around for that long but like already like even in upstate new york there were a bunch of cults around that time uh and you know the mormonism would also spring up in that yeah. same place and time um but i think that was sort of part of the idea of the new you know right capitalized letters the new world you know that new spirituality uh you know the the quakers and all of that you know and yeah. some of it was was not necessarily regressive a lot of it would even kind of formed the foundation for a lot of civil rights stuff and abolitionists later um you know it wasn't all bad but there was uh a a huge uh upheaval in uh particularly mm -hmm. american christianity yeah uh in in that time period right right Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense for sure with it. And, and but one are, are you tr are you trying to start a cult around mermaids? No, but there probably is one already, Zan. Mm. Or was, or was, who knows. Um I don't know, that's a good idea though. Maybe we should I, <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should. I mean, do I you know. think Wiki Wachi has like a uh Tiger King Doc Antle type sex cult built around it? Oh my god. I hope. Oh not. my god! Like, I, yeah, I hope think not. about it. You've got all of these like super athletic women. Oh god, that's. Although like... you know, their swimmers are so strong. I feel like they would all be able to beat you up. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, because I, mean... I, I was I was on a swim team growing up, and just everybody right. except me 
absolute just absolutely ripped rippling shoulder muscles Ugh. yeah i yeah that's why i didn't try out for swim team even though i like to swim i was like i don't mm-hmm. think i i also just don't like to exercise that's probably part of it <laughs> <laughs> and that way uh, but i yeah um i don't know i guess they would probably like be able to actually wreck any of these people. So I I would not want to cross one of these mermaid performers. I feel like oh they are yeah no they're insanely they're incredible. <laughs> I mean I I don't want to. I, I I think that the thing that I really want to emphasize here is it is incredible what they are doing. Oh yeah. And I I don't. I'm sure there's one or two guy old guys in every audience that are just sitting there that are like bring out the girls in the bikinis. Yeah. You know? Gross. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's always going to be that, but I feel like most everybody else is kind of just sitting there in awe of what they're capable of doing. You know, it's like it, mm-hmm. it's it's probably un- unfortunately, I'm I'm sure a lot of female athletes are used to it, but it is like the thing that I assume is happening in you know any in the stadium of any sporting event like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but too, I imagine like you know, as a role model for yeah. children as something to see that's like spectacular that's got to be really great so i i don't oh, want to yeah. come off as yeah, like no, we, oh we this want, is dumb because it's not we want our children to have role models of creatures that eat pervy old men yeah i mean we stay in a girl boss so it makes sense yeah 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 um, are, are we going to is this going to be the yas girl boss <laughs> of mermaids yes the yasification of mermaids oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's so good <laughs> <laughs> But I was also like thinking too, like even in in terms of this like the ossification of mermaids, but also mm-hmm. just like the praise of it. Like I I was just re- remembering as well, like with ship masts, like mm. old old sailing ships, were, or like pirate ships or anything that you see in pop culture. Yeah. But even there, where you have sirens or mermaids carved into that as almost like yeah. a um a totem, so to speak, or something to to protect or to guide but also like i I think that's also kind of fascinating like where it starts to shift from being fearful creature to a curious uncanny creature to then this 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 symbol of the sea of sailing of guidance but also still fear and being on alert like it's just so fascinating how much it it shifts through and even Mm -hmm. into contemporary times today because you know if you google on if you just google mermaids you're gonna get articles that are you know debunking i'm sure but then also Mm -hmm. here's the real truth about mermaids or if you see the (laughs) youtube video where there's like here's real footage yeah, do you think you know what a mermaid is? I'm gonna show you what a mermaid is. It's which in part was part of doing the research for this, like right, just right. seeing like you know someone's YouTube video of like a CGI mermaid oh. on a beach, and they're like, "We captured this on footage." I'm like, "Oh, really?" On a like toaster? That's great. I mean, it's like <laughs> you were there at the right yeah. place at the right yeah, time in, in an era where everyone has fantastic digital cameras yeah. uh, in their pockets at all times. We right? Have, we still we still seem to get very blurry photos of trash on beaches. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. I mean, well, because the there, there's a couple of things there there's the the distrust of authority that i think a lot of us have for for sure varyingly valid reasons uh you know that we want to critique science and everything um there is are you familiar with the aah the ah <laughs> it's 
really called that? Uh, no, I'm not. The aquatic ape hypothesis. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, yeah, I've not so, heard of this. This was put forth by a scientist named Alistair Hardy in 1960. It is based on some uh, previous research, but Hardy is kind of who's credited with uh, putting forth the ah! Um, <laughs> now, Hardy brought up a lot of things that humans have in common with aquatic mammals, uh, like whales, dolphins, mm-hmm. manatees, uh, hippos and stuff. Uh, our, uh, the way that our fat is situated under our skin, um, we're mostly Mm. hair, hairless. Um, but, uh, this, uh, as you can imagine, has some other issues with it. However, basically the, the, this was just sort of put out there originally kind of in the mid century, mostly forgotten. No one really cares about this until, uh 2012 the year the world ended um <laughs> the discovery channel puts out a documentary called mermaids colon oh, the body like, found i remember this oh my god yes, yes. <sighs> and basically it is even marketed as a mockumentary as docufiction it is put out there for fun in 2012 uh much like those megalodon uh, yeah documentaries however oh a lot of people believed it and still do to this day and they basically build on the aquatic ape hypothesis and say that all of the weird things that are idiosyncratic to humans are actually because we evolved from mermaids okay all right Mm -hmm. this is yeah it makes perfect sense right (laughs) if you don't think about it it makes perfect sense (laughs) (laughs) yes um but this uh you know they're trying to say like well this is why humans are born um and we know to uh hold our breath as babies underwater which is partially true i mean you would be surprised how young of children you can teach to swim and i can say that as a former you know infant uh swim instructor yeah did you ever see the video of like the infant or like one-year-old swimming and they just look like it, it's weird because they can yeah, yeah. it's like bizarre i didn't oh, know yeah, that, no honestly, I, it's very bizarre I've, look it up it's pretty yeah, weird. yeah no i've listened to never mind <laughs> <laughs> that's good well played thank you um yeah no it is it is very weird but it is something that we are capable of doing um you know, and that's probably more of a remnant of, you know, uh, being in liquid and not breathing while, uh, you know, gestating. Right. You know, you don't breathe until you're until you're born. Um, so, you know, this this could is more likely that because like, you know, people have legitimate questions as to why humans look the way we do. And, you know, we can answer those with science um you know for other reasons you know why do we only have hair on the top of our head well you know when we became upright it's kind of the only part of our body that you know that kind of needs the uh protection from the sun and from the elements all the right time. right uh you know we lose the hair on the rest of our body i think it's hypothesized to uh 
to sort of better find parasites and stuff. We hmm. walk the way we do because it's more energy efficient. Um, basically, you can pick apart every issue with this. But this is one that isn't even brought up. And I can say, and again, I guess I'll say this is a swimmer because we are good at swimming, I think, for how weirdly shaped we are. And, yeah. you know, we can swim pretty fast. Not really fast enough to, like, catch fish that often, but um, without tools, I should say. Right. Because um, there, there are people that can fish underwater and spear fish. And for sure, even for sure. The, the people in Southeast Asia that can, like, walk on the bottom of the water and, and, and fish. Mm-hmm. But we, we all use tools to do those things. But there are problems with this, like the fact that like it's even brought up that the fact that we get wrinkly when we're in the water uh, provides us with better grip. Uh, Hmm. But really what's what happens with that is like if you're in the water for too long, your skin falls off. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. Well, because isn't it like stripping your oils? Like, isn't that why that happens? Um. Or it's not exactly why it happens. Not, but not it's part exactly. Of it. No, that's no. I think it has to do more with your skin, just kind of, um, you know, not. Uh, um, I, you know what? I don't know exactly the reason. I feel like it no has worries, more no worries. to do with the composition of water okay. uh, against sense. your skin, you know, and your your skin can't be at its normal equilibrium. It is with uh, the air. Okay, okay, that I makes feel sense. like that's more of more of it um gotcha but i i could be very wrong um but the uh, the other issue is uh our are you familiar with the bends yeah yeah you can't come up too fast or you literally pass out (laughs) yeah well like it's part of the problem of holding our breath uh when we go underwater and stuff is you know we uh we can give ourselves nitrogen poisoning you know, from being underwater yeah. for too long. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it kind of doesn't, none of it makes sense when no. you really start to break it down. However, one of the things that people like to say about it is, well, that's because they don't want you to know the truth. Oh my they God. They don't want you to know about mermaids. They don't want you to know uh, the men, those men scientists don't want you to know about our prehistoric uh, matriarchal mermaid uh, culture. Oh, wow. Okay, it went there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah, went, it this... went there. And <laughs> yeah, not to say that there's not issues in science, not to say there's not sexism in science, but it's mm-hmm. like, come on now. It's, yeah, I don't... Uh, this, this, is, this is a all based on a self-admitted mockumentary but this is <laughs> from like, the Discovery Channel. It's kind of crazy, though, because this is like, you see this a lot, where like it is with any mythological creature or any conspiracy theory where it's like well they don't want you to know so it has to yeah. be true because th- oh well how do you know they're not going to tell you who's they answer me you know I, for, for being like, such a well-guarded I, secret they really put it on yeah, you know, a mainstream it's, television it's, channel well it's like anything on the history channel right it's like it's like oh it's shrouded in mystery and it's like you start to break it apart and then it's like well they they they're not going to tell you the real truth. Yeah, but no. yeah, you know, it's for like, being shrouded in mystery, you're sure on primetime television talking about it. Yeah, you, you read it on Facebook. Like, yeah, you know, I don't you're think... really. Uh, I I guess the more contemporary thing is like 
No one wants you to know this. They will try to silence you if they, you even try to bring this up. That's why I'm going to go <laughs> on the Joe Rogan uh, experience and talk yeah. about it on the yeah. most popular podcast yeah, lit- and, in and the English-speaking world. Yeah, let's, definitely nothing weird about that. It, it, it is yeah. like, and it sucks because it does ruin the fun to a certain degree. Yeah. Because it's now like, Maybe it's also just because it's part of my practice and as I start to like, you know, interrogate every piece of media I come into contact with and mature, I feel like, through what I choose right. to look at or not. But it's like, yeah. for for entertainment purposes, let's say, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I just think it's very dangerous to just be, like, to bluntly believe in something or to or to blatantly believe in something like this let's say like mermaids for instance and then just mm-hmm. use that as the only viable evidence where it's like well you just don't know because or or, or we, we we're not really given the truth because they don't want to give you the truth and it's like because because what did, then what does that mean everything then is true or not true mm-hmm. is it is if some youtube cele- you know star or podcaster tells you that hey by the way like this Mm-hmm. It's actually the the sky is green, but you know they mask it blue because they don't want you to know that it's green. Or or actually, chemtrails. we're all in a simulation. <laughs> don't even get me started, Sam, on the chemtrails. <laughs> but it's just it's it's just very frustrating because there yeah. are so many interesting, crazy, weird, and unexplained things on this earth, places we inhabit, and just mm-hmm. in general our mundane existences that we don't even think about, and yet it kind of yeah. gets diminished and overshadowed. Because we just accept blatant lies or just untruths yeah. for the sake of clout. And I mean, like, not to go on a rant. It's just very frustrating. But it's like, it was fake. The documentary yeah, was fake. They yeah, said it. They yeah, told no, you it was, it was, all, was fake. It was all fake. The Megalodon documentary. All of that stuff. It was stuff, fake. You know. uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. I will say that I think this stuff is fun to talk about though i think we can still talk about mermaids in an etiological sense in yeah a for sure mythological sense you know because like remembering in a pre-secularized world like what mythology meant you know because you didn't necessarily have to believe in a mermaid but you had some understanding that that this is that these are that these are people dealing with concepts that these are people dealing with mm-hmm. um ideas of the human condition and that's a much more interesting conversation and we can talk about we can come at this from a feminist lens we can come Absolutely. at this from you know a, an archaeological or anthropological lens we can come at this from you know as people that uh, appreciate mythology and spirituality like we can come at this from that angle and mm-hmm. then we can talk all day about mermaids. We can talk 100%. about hundred percent. I talk about like, what, what does this mean that this mostly uh, in, 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 uh, in, in contemporary culture, what, what is this, what does this uh, often female presenting uh, monster mean? Mm. Um, you know, yeah. that's, that's the interesting question there, you know, right. In, a, in, in, in our world, maybe, then yeah just been trying to shoehorn uh aquatic ape theory (laughs) in there uh because at the end of the day you know pt barnum said it best there's a sucker born every day there you go yep Uh, yeah wow i mean i I think that's a great way to sum it up and to also i think explain what we're trying to do with the tours as well and with this specific Mm -hmm. 
topic yeah. and and it's a fun it's a fun it's way fun. To, to kick off 2022 huh i think so yeah i mean i feel like we hit all of the major points that are constantly discussed and probably will continue <laughs> to be i think i think in 20 at the late 2022 or 2023 if a mermaid cult does happen to start or be discovered you heard it here first i'm just saying yes we are yes. definitely it was then. just a matter of time and we <laughs> predicted it exactly we we channeled the prescience uh through mm-hmm. us here at the mm-hmm. at the ucm in our cabinet of curiosities it, oh yes yes and we hope everybody had a great holiday season had a you, hope you had a great mm-hmm. solstice christmas kwanzaa uh and new year's yes, uh yes. yeah yeah i um you know just uh just uh you know put, putting away all of my uh my uh solstice antler headgear ah uh, nice. and everything you- very yeah. good. Did you get rid of the Yule log and such? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, that's easy because you burn it, right? I think so, yeah, if I yeah, remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this is uh, this has been a fun way to start off the new year. Glad we could be on time for that uh, Columbus Diary entry. Yes, that's um, perfect. <laughs> I, hope, I hope when everybody's hearing this, we've had a, a peaceful... Uh, one year contemplation of January sixth. Mm. Um, wow, that is, oh my god, yeah, that was a year about. ago. How about that's, that? That is blowing my mind right now. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I can't speak to when this, when people are hearing this, but let's hope uh that those people just went to Wiki Watchy instead and watched the mermaids <laughs> and just you know they they have a flag. Go look at that. Yeah, for sure. Oh my go God. look go look at these incredibly strong women and the flag you know because that's yes. that's what it's all about that's what our boys are fighting for are these strong women yeah 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 i agree i, w- yeah. I, w- I would be okay with patriotism if if you know if that's all it was about you know what same i think so <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh yeah, we're we'll see you next week. We've got some more uh, monsters that we'll be covering. I guess not monsters, but more creatures. We're going yeah. to be this. This is going to be the first part of a series uh, as we go into all of the great, exciting stuff that we have planned this year. Uh, yes, this will yes, yes. be what we're starting off with. Um, do you have uh, anything you want to plug uh, in this fine, fresh new year, Joe? I do actually, because in a it's a bit of a late notice, but in a few days, um, the collective I'm a part of um, with a group of artists and we plan exhibitions together called Teleportal is launching its first ever exhibition called Ephemeral Existence. And it opens January 12th and is going to the 29th. And it's at 526 West 26th Street, Suite 620 in New York City. And I think it's in the Chelsea mm. area. And I, I, I think there's going to be a reception in january 13th i'm not entirely sure because of covid protocols and there will of course have to be vaccine and mask checks so just if you pop by be sure to do that but come see all the great works there's also going to be i think an online presence that i'm helping set up so we can view everything um but it's really great it's been an incredible experience for sure but mm-hmm. it's with an amazing group of people so i i yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm really yeah. excited about Congratulations it. Congratulations to Joe and all of those people. Like that is Thanks. so cool, and it'll be very exciting. And we'll try to plug that on the uh, the UCM as well. Huh, appreciate it. Thanks so much. And how about you, Zan? What do you got going on in the beginning of 2022? <sighs> oh God. Um. Well, <laughs> uh, I am. 
hopefully going to be releasing some music soon. Um, I'm uh, going into the uh, <laughs> going into record later this week, so uh, hopefully I'll have some more stuff to say about that. Um, I don't have uh, any specific art shows to plug just yet. Um, other than on May 16th at the uh, Tufts Medford Gallery, uh, I will uh, be having my uh, MFA thesis oh, show. Man. So exciting. So it's been a long time coming, and you can see my work there. Um, as always, uh, you can find my, uh, my personal work uh, at Xanasaurus on Instagram. And mine's at, at Josemino Art on Instagram. If you want to follow the museum after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. Stay up to date with us. Uh, see all the uh, the freshest uh, memes of yes, uh, yes. Joe uh, Samimo. <laughs> oh, that's good. That was a Thank good one. You. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, and from the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Sam Peters. And I've been Joe Samino. Ah! <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>